Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. It's great to be with you today. I'm Brian Wren, and I'd like to start with taking you back to when I was younger. As an Irish Catholic kid who grew up attending Mass every Sunday and on Holy Days, I look forward to several aspects of the Catholic Mass. The first was the sprinkling of the holy water. See, on certain holy days, the priest would walk down the aisle and sprinkle holy water from side to side. As a kid, I would stand on the kneeler and push myself as high as possible in the hopes that the holy water would rain down on me because I actually believed that it gave me special powers. The second thing I look forward to the most weekly was the passing of the peace. See, every Sunday, just prior to communion, with an extended hand and a firm shake and a loving release, we would say to one another the words Jesus often said to his disciples, peace be with you, as the other then would respond, and also with you. I love the reaction it would cause in folks. The passing of the peace brought smiles, it brought hugs, it brought laughter sometimes, and even tears. Often folks were kissed on the cheek and there were these deep looks into the eyes of one another's souls. See, knowing those well in my Catholic community of some 20 years, I often believed it was a moment that actually brought reconciliation and connected divided individuals and destroyed relationships. Because of the impact I saw this having, my goal as a kid was to pass the peace to as many people as possible. I would even make it a game in my head to see how many people I could pass the peace to, for it seemed to me to have such a positive impact. Well, I don't think that sprinkling of holy water raining down on me gives me any special powers anymore. I do believe that being a person who passes the peace has the power to bring unity in a home, community, and the greater world. And let's face it, right now, more than ever, we need people who will pass the peace as they engage with a polarized world that is conflicted with each other. We have conflict regarding our preferences. Nationally, I see this playing out to mask or to not mask, Democrat or Republican, open or closed borders. Locally, I see these preferences being conflicted. Should businesses and schools be open or closed? And even the church, should we gather or not gather? It even gets down to the music being conflicted, traditional music versus contemporary. And sadly then, besides preferences, I see us conflicted over just people. Black, white, blue, brown, red lives. And then in the homes, husbands versus wives, children versus their parents. The result of these unresolved conflicts are always division and destruction. And in the end, this actually leaves a huge void and actually makes us very vulnerable in our homes community, and nation. That's why today's big idea is the following. It is essential that we become the people who pass the peace. I want you to personalize this right now by reflecting on life and a question that I have for you. Here's the question. 
How are you seeing conflict causing division and destruction around you? Hey, welcome back everybody. And I realized that that question opens up some pain and some hopelessness. So let's open our Bibles to Galatians 5, 13 to 26, Galatians 5, 13 to 26, to find some relief and some hope. This is actually our core passage for our nine week series. And my hope is you get really familiar with it. Today, I'm going to read it through once, then ask you to reflect on it on your own at home with the help of a question. The question will be this, how is conflict described in the passage and what are the stated solutions? So let's read together Galatians 5, 13 to 26. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Now let's take a moment at home to reflect on this passage using these questions. How is conflict described in this passage? Pick out the words. And what are the stated solutions? Hey, welcome back again. Our passage is detailing an internal conflict and an external conflict. The good news is the solution is the same for both. The internal conflict is between our flesh and spirit. Let's look at verse 13. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, which is our self-centered ways. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, which is God-centered ways. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. And see, if that battle of flesh and spirit is lost, it spills out into external conflict with others, which results in the following. Look at verse 15. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. You'll be destroyed, actually, by one another. And then look at verse 19, the details specifically. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy. Today, I want you to see that the solution that is essential to overcoming these internal and external conflicts are walking in the Spirit and choosing to be a peacemaker, one who passes the peace. Look at verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, God-centered ways, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who walk in the Spirit will be those who can pass the peace and bridge the gap of polarity that's in our homes, community, and nation. And boy, do we need this more than ever? When we do this, we reflect Jesus to the world, and we actually live out the values of living the Word of God. 
practicing healthy relationships, and following the Spirit. Let me ask you this question. Are you a peacemaker? Are you a peacemaker? I'm not talking about being passive here. I'm talking not about avoiding conflict. See, passivity and avoiding conflict, these are the cultural counterfeits of peacemaking. I'm talking about being one who seeks to run towards the conflict and helps resolve it, like a fireman who runs towards a fire to extinguish it. I'm talking about entering into a potentially divisive conversation with a peacemaking approach and making sure that the sparks never become a flame. See, when you come with a peacemaking approach, you help extinguish the hatred, the discord, the jealousy, the fits of rage, the selfish ambition, the dissension, the factions, or envy that Paul is talking about. And instead, what pours into the conversation is honor, understanding, and acceptance of each other. Last week, I actually witnessed this type of peacemaking approach between a leader of our fall growth group on race and a participant. The participant had some feedback about the content for the leader via email. And boy, could this have become a wildfire of words. However, neither of them let the sparks become a flame. And it was so wonderful to see how they were both blessed by the conversation as honor, understanding, and acceptance of one another played out. We need more of this as we post and as we tweet and as we discuss with one another during these days. See, Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This is in Matthew 5, 9. Blessed means to be fully satisfied. Hence, when we handle a potentially divisive situation in a peacemaking way, we will experience a deep satisfaction. Paul, the author of our series passage from the book of Galatians, wrote actually much, much more in his other writings about being pro-peace with regards to relationships. Listen to these passages, which are listed in page 65 within the chapter on peace in our series recommended book, Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, Romans 12, 18. God has called us to live in peace, 1 Corinthians 7, 15. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. Strive for full restoration, encouraging one another. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And finally, one of my favorites, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Romans 14, 19. These statements from Paul are remarkable. For do you realize in his prior life, he was a persecutor of people. 
But in time, he became the biggest proponent of passing the peace. He went from being a persecutor to a peacemaker. And this was only possible because of his faith in Christ and his walking with the Spirit. And this can be true for us. For those who are conflict avoidant and way too passive, the Spirit can reshape you to be a courageous peacemaker. For those who are conflict intentional, and that's what I said, conflict intentional and too harsh, the Spirit can shape you to be a gracious peacemaker. See, being one who brings this essential of peace into the world is all part of God's restorative plan for this sinful, broken, and conflicted earth. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace was shalom. It's not just this emotional state, but has a relational intent of bringing well-being, wholeness, and harmony between God and specifically to others. Jesus set the example of bringing shalom in our relationship sacrificially through his death on the cross. And we also saw him attempt to bring shalom through justice and compassion where there was not shalom. Back then and now, poverty is the absence of shalom. Racism is the absence of shalom. Injustice is the absence of shalom. And conflict between individuals of any kind is the absence of shalom. To pass the peace is to be a peacemaker who brings shalom where it is needed. Are you willing to be one who sinks to pass the peace of shalom? Let me ask you that again. Are you willing to be one who seeks to pass the peace of shalom? I get it. This can be difficult. I get it. But with persistence and walking with the Spirit, it is possible. I actually have been using this passing the peace technique during this politically charged season. I do this when I enter in discussions by extending my hands symbolically in my mind to another as we begin and release my agenda to convince them of my opinion. Remember, you cannot shake somebody's hand with something in it. Otherwise, it's a fist. Then I hold on to understand and honor them by asking them, what are your top three values that are driving who you're voting for this November? Typically, after they share, they'll respond back, how about you? After I share, I find we're able to understand how our values align or not, and it usually results in further questions of clarification or a bunch of, hmm, I see that similarly or different. Finally, in my mind as we end, I let them go and I give them to God, whether I accept their opinion or not. And I attempt to view them as valued and made by God. I have found that this handshaking image of passing the peace in my mind can be such a beneficial model to help me walk in the spirit in any potential divisive discussion. And I believe it actually can be for you. Hey, so let's ponder our final question. This week, to whom is God calling you to be a peacemaker in your home, work, or community? 
And will you let the Spirit help you pass the peace by extending your hand, holding on to understanding and honor, and then letting go and giving them to God? Let's conclude today with me praying a blessing by St. Francis of Assisi over you, which is found at the end of our chapter on peace in the Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit book. Here's the blessing. Receive this. Lord, make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. May the peace of God be with you, and may you walk in the Spirit into peacemaking. For his glory and your blessing, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. PCC, go in peace. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.